Welcome back to Eye on Health on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Arab Health, united by business, forging ahead. This is Eye on Health with me, Helen Farmer, brought to you by Arab Health on Dubai Eye 103.8. A real focus, of course, on healthcare at the moment. COVID-19 continuing to be something that we are living with on a daily basis. But what's been happening behind the scenes? What can we ultimately expect from the future when it comes to vaccines and the way we live in a pandemic. Speaking now to Dr. Ahil Goyle, Senior Vice President of Clinical Engagement at Malafi Abu Dhabi and Consultant Family Medicine at MediClinic Middle East. Dr. Ahil, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you, Helen. Uh, good to speak to you. Staying uh, staying positive and testing negative, I hope? Staying positive and testing negative, touch wood, so far. That's all we can do. <laughs> um, with your family medicine hat on, uh, what's what's coming into clinic? What's keeping MediClinic busy right now? We're in, still in flu season. And of course, we've got COVID to think about. I think uh, flu has had an impact on the number of people with respiratory illnesses, coughs, colds. Uh, as with everything else, um, as we know, it all spreads through contacts. So the fact that uh, we had uh, a lot of congregation, you know, Christmas, New Year, schools opening, uh, the weather getting better, people meeting outside, travel, uh, a lot of events happening, um, travel. Another one, a big one, a lot of people who've not been able to travel for the last two years have made it on their agenda to travel. I did as well. Uh, and that has led to respiratory illnesses and COVID, obviously, which has, uh, and we see the spike everywhere across the world. Um, so that's what's keeping a lot of the clinicians currently busy as well. Uh, having said that, there was a pressure on uh, planned procedures which were cancelled because of COVID and a lot of that built-up activity uh, has been happening in the background as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a busy time for the medical community from what I hear from colleagues as well and in, even in my practice. Well, thank you for so taking the time with doing. us. Really appreciate your time today. Um, and yeah. it is somewhat surreal to think that two years ago, Certainly I, as a member of the public, had never heard the words COVID-19 and perhaps it was just whispers going around, you know, doctors' WhatsApp groups and, uh, you know, papers internationally, the odd link here and there. What advice would you give yourself as a doctor two years ago about what was lying ahead in the course of the pandemic? I think it's, uh, I mean, hindsight is always six by six, as we say. Um, I would probably... um, I don't know what I would change because uh, there was no official channel telling us anything. Uh, medical professionals, doctors, nurses, uh, allied health by nature, we like to follow things that are regimented, process related or evidence based coming from regulators, authorities. I think um, there was nothing, no, no concerted message coming out at the time. And as you said, rightly, there was more chatter amongst in the groups and whatever. Uh, A part of us, I mean, including me, wasn't sure what's going on. We weren't even sure whether it's going to be a pandemic. I mean, pandemic was never on the boards in January and February. We were traveling uh, across the world at the time. So uh, I think it's new age for all of us. No one has lived through a pandemic before. So it'll be it'll be it'll be unfair to say that uh, you know we sh- there's no lessons that we learned now we learned and hopefully we document and we follow them 
hopefully we never need to. <laughs> hopefully we never need to, but if if we do, we're in a much stronger position when we think about response around vaccines, we think about response around protocols yeah. and guidelines and apps yeah. and, you know, a willingness to test and, uh, you know, a, a more openness and trust in telehealth and... As you say, let's hope we don't. But it, but if we do, we're starting from a stronger position. Hundred percent. And I think the one thing that our, uh, you know, bodies like the WHO and the bigger regulators would probably take on board as well as communication was key, mm-hmm. uh, right time, and uh, that was probably that would have made a difference right from the start. Well, let's go back in time if if that's all right. Um, which countries internationally do you think recognise this as a health emergency? put contingency plans in place, you know, started with the testing and regulations perhaps before others did? Yeah. I think uh, uh, as would have expected, because it was identified in China initially as a, as a, as a virus of concern, uh, the Chinese authorities and a lot of the Southeast Asian authorities, including Singapore, put measures in place quite swiftly, including cordoning off areas, uh, introducing curfews for uh, travel between places, uh, starting isolation facilities. Um, the UAE and uh, the UAE amongst the MENA region was quite far ahead as well in in putting uh, uh, you know uh, a stop to movement, which was painful obviously for the economy and for the rest, but a right decision at the right time mm-hmm. taken. Uh, hence. Uh, UAE, when it comes to, you know, the, what do you call, the league table of how the countries perform goes right at the top. So uh, some countries took a very unorthodox approach. Uh, the UK, as we know, took an approach towards herd immunity initially. Uh, let's all go and get infected and that would raise the natural immunity. There wasn't a right answer at the time, but I think that's... Um, I hope I've answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've been very fortunate to be in this part of the world. And, you know, you talk there about there being something of a pause on, you know, the economic side. But it really was a pause. And for a very short time, and, you know, please correct me if I'm wrong, to my mind, lockdowns work if there are things happening behind the scenes in order to really leverage that time of the public being kept at home to make sure the world's a safer place when we come out on the other side. And that was the case here in, in the UAE. Whereas what we've seen in other parts of the world is, Lockdowns again and again, but nothing actually changing as a result of them. That's 100% true. And um, I had a chat with my dad. I was visiting him in India. So he, he he's a family doc as well, retired now. And we had a very different perspective, each of us. Now, my dad having worked abroad as well. So um, the way UAE did it, as you said, there was um, a process happening in parallel where a vaccine delivery was being routed. Uh, there were rules and regulations coming out. There were regulations and guidelines coming out for the healthcare professionals as well. A lot of countries, unfortunately, didn't follow that stream. And a lockdown, a lockdown was a lockdown uh, in terms of nothing happening after the lockdown, hoping that it would go away. Mm-hmm. And that didn't work out so well for them. Uh, there wasn't a plan for vaccine rollout, uh, delivery of the vaccines, testing regimes. I think one of the, the, the biggest successes that come out from the UAE is how they have uh, dealt with testing. Um, very few countries in the world have managed to test the whole population regularly throughout the pandemic, finding out the hotspots, 
uh, and and also using technology. That's where Malafi comes in mm-hmm. to aggregate all that information, mm-hmm. presenting it to the regulators, uh, making sure that that information for vaccines is carried forward as well, so that the speed of delivery of the care uh, happens parallel to lockdown provisions. Absolutely. That capacity is so, so key um, to, to be able to then push boundaries, make adjustments, safe in the knowledge that we do have the capacity when it comes to testing and to do with treatment as well. My parents are visiting from the UK right now and they're, they're looking to fly back very shortly. And they, it blew their minds that within a five mile drive of my home, there's five places they could be getting tested literally around the clock. When they looked to actually travel out here, it was a case of booking a test that was 45 minutes away, you know, navigating forms online for testing upon their return. And they're like, you know, I went and got a test before work yesterday because I, I, you know, it's just, it's just so easy. And I think that's the kind of confidence that you know needs to be instilled that there is that ease that the information is going to be delivered by an app that is trusted and recognised throughout throughout the country. Can we talk about vaccines though? You know. Of course, we saw an incredible speed of turnaround and a great uptick as well. But some people are still hesitant to take them because of the speed at which they were produced and developed. Can you talk a little bit about that and perhaps put some minds at ease? Sure. I think um, one, of the, again, one of the success stories that came out of the pandemic was the speed of delivery of vaccinations, which, which usually would take a few years, if not months, uh, to be developed in record time. Um, and I remember UK just celebrated its anniversary of the first vaccine rollout uh, in January. Uh, it, it started um, quite well. Now, um, what worries people is the limited data, but uh, I tend to reassure public, friends, patients to say, it's better to have a vaccine than not because it protects you against the known enemy. Obviously, as we go forward, they will be refined. Mm-hmm. It will become part of our lifestyle. Uh, it will become part of our flu jab that we take annually. That's the that's the holy grail that all the vaccine suppliers are looking at. I mean, even if we look at popular press, we know that the Pfizer CEO announced they're going to treat the vaccine for Omicron. Mm-hmm. So those are things that are happening in the background that should give us comfort that the next booster or the next vaccine that's been offered to you is the latest and the greatest. And and I and, and I. I'm a big vaccine fanatic. I, I advise it to all my patients. More so during the pandemic, I think it's it's brought on to reason that. Have your vaccine. Don't forget your flu jab as well. Because if, you, if you're down with flu, it exposes you. Your immunity goes down to COVID as well. So those are the things that uh, the UAE has done very well, I must say, right from the start. I think and that- we, 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 we've been privileged to partner with them, to be able to... Uh, show that data back to the providers and the regulators. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think that's exactly right. You know, we did um, last winter see a record low number of flu cases. And this year we've seen um, a, a huge increase and absolutely it is the flu season. So go out there and get your jab. And let's not forget that flu vaccine evolves every year as flu does. And we know we're now talk, uh, talking about there being a uh, uh, COVID vaccine for Omicron. Do you think that's going to be the case, that the vaccines will evolve as the COVID-19 vaccine um, virus evolves, Doctor? 100%. Um, the vaccines would evolve as they are evolving as we speak. And I think 
Uh, once COVID uh, becomes more stable uh, in terms of its variants, recognized variants and potential variants, it would be a regime that gets included in part of your flu jab. Mm -hmm. We already see that the flu jab includes your fine flu vaccine and other flus that we've noticed in the past. So there is a process behind how a vaccine reaches that stage. And I also feel, uh, going back to the point that vaccines were brought in quite fast, most of the vaccines currently have an emergency use license. Uh, and a lot of them are now pushing to be uh, classed as regular use so that they can be, uh, they can be actually uh, delivered without uh, a, a regulator's notice. So uh, someone can go and request it to a pharmacy or to a doctor to get a vaccine. And that's not far either, because now we have data to say that, um, you know, risks and benefits wise, more benefit happens than risks. Now, I, I don't want to be, you know, too glass half full, but we are incredibly lucky that COVID-19 hit during a time when we are so uh, happy to embrace technology. You know, we're talking today on video call. We've had distance learning, of course. Uh, people being able to work from home in a much more productive manner than there would have been the case, you know, 10 or even five years ago. Um, can you tell, tell us a little bit about Malafi and the role that technology's played, especially when it comes to COVID-19? Thanks, Helen. So Malafi, as we know, is a health information exchange platform in Abu Dhabi. Uh, what we do is any health transaction that happens when you go and see a doctor or a nurse in Abu Dhabi, they enter your records in an electronic health record, including your COVID data. So whenever you get tested, whenever you get a vaccine, uh, Malafi then presents it to every and any healthcare provider within the Emirate of Abu Dhabi at a click of a button. So a doctor in one facility is able to see whether you've had your jabs done at a government facility like Saha, whether you've had your PCR done and it's negative recently. That all helped aggregate the data, presented to apps like the Al Husan app, which we use to go to public spaces. And that led to a speedier opening up of places because the regulators and the government were confident that we are able to identify people who are protected against those who are not. And then they were able to focus their attention on those who were not, because that is again data presented. Um, on top of that, Malafi also helps with clinical data. So the regulators and the providers are now able to see people who had COVID would potentially have uh, long-term effects of it and have provisions in place. It helps in public health um, highlights like hotspots, uh, which areas are getting more COVID now to focus their energy. Mm -hmm. So I feel Malafi has been an, a very useful partner in, in, in the battle against COVID. And what about what the future holds? I wish we, I could say we're living in a post-pandemic world. We're sadly not. Uh, the numbers are not on our side right now. But what's been happening behind the scenes um, or perhaps things you're hopeful that would be introduced over the course of the next year and beyond in helping then maybe the battle against COVID-19, but certainly living with it and adapting to it. Thanks. Uh, so I think what's happening now is uh, the vaccination coverage has gone up and up in worldwide, especially so in the UAE. What helps us is the fact that people are aware. Uh, maybe masks will become part of... Uh, uh, part of our wardrobe, 
uh, <laughs> as just as a protection. They're already the part of mine. I have my mask drobe yeah. by the front door, ready to coordinate with any outfit that I might require. <laughs> it's tragic. My lady, my, my lady colleagues fear about the cosmetic industry in the future. <laughs> uh, well, you, you, you think lipstick sales would be going down. They haven't. We're talking about people having the Zoom boom of cosmetic surgery and using this time to experiment with lip fillers because if it goes wrong, you cover them with a mask. <laughs> so. Absolutely. And from a technology side, I think it's the acceptance of technology. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who are on the fence now realize the power technology and focused technology solutions can bring. Teleconsultation, um, Malafi platform, health information exchange. And I think it's going to go in the right direction. There will be a leapfrog in terms of digital healthcare transformation, uh, not just in the UAE, but worldwide, where we hope that technology will become more meaningful. There will be more solutions presented. And if an eventuality arises that something like COVID, God forbid, if it happens again, we'll be much more prepared and we'll be able to put provisions using technology much faster uh, to combat it. Well, thank you so much for your time today. As I said, I know it's an incredibly busy time to be a doctor and uh, especially when so forward thinking with technologies you're using at Malafi. So thank you, Dr. Goyle, for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. If anyone wants to find out more about Malafi, what's the best way of getting in touch? We are on the internet, we are on Twitter, we are on multiple social media. So happy to uh, be in contact. And that's all from us today. Join us next week, Sunday at 10am. We'll be talking about infectious diseases. What do you need to know? We're going to bring you the latest. It's Eye on Health here on Dubai Eye 103.8. Eye on Health on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Arab Health, united by business, forging ahead.